Hey everyone, and welcome to the fourth episode of the Essential Question Podcast. I'm your host, forever host, Anuj, and we are back again with another question. Something that hits honestly pretty close to home for me, um, and I'm pretty sure with a lot of other people who are listening to this right now. Competitive high schools. And the question, what's it like going to a competitive high school? I'm sure most of you are familiar. And for those of you that don't know, the Bay Area, where I grew up, is known for a lot of pockets that have some of the best public schools in the country. And with the attitude of Silicon Valley and the self-starting mindset, as well as the heavy immigrant influence on a lot of the nearby suburbs, there can potentially be some problems, to say the least. On this episode, I bring on Thomas, one of my good friends from high school and someone who shares a very unique perspective on the situation. We talk about the Bay Area, the context behind the schools, life at the schools, mental health of students, and a bunch of very interesting stories from our times in high school. So join us on a little trip down memory lane as we talk about high school in the Bay Area. fucking say oh. anything stupid all right we're live now so for sure so is it, it's a time to say something stupid yeah, yeah 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 say something real dumb no i'm kidding don't please don't i'll try uh, not okay we'll try uh welcome to the third what is it third no fourth. fourth episode you knew it better than i did welcome to the fourth episode of the essential question podcast i'm your host anuj and today i have on my very esteemed and special guest today uh who's actually freshly back and in quarantine from chicago ladies and gentlemen thomas jens is in the building fresh off that covid test too baby Ooh, how'd that go how'd that go it's pretty good we got Only a negative have like result a 40 minute line you know nothing terrible oh, 40 minute line for sure but do we get a result yet or no uh two waiting two to three days oh okay that sucks <laughs> i'm just bunkering down in here for the time being yeah you're chilling though you'll be okay oh yeah but hopefully hopefully that plane didn't inject covid into you but uh but we'll see but anyway thomas introduce yourself to this three people that are watching yeah sounds good so i'm thomas i am a sophomore at depaul university i've known a new since what middle school i think yeah middle school eighth grade mm-hmm. Something like eighth that. Grade. Eighth grade. Wow. Seventh? Seventh grade? Maybe. Were you arts? I forget. I've known you since you were wearing the Giants hoodie. That's all I know. I've been wearing that <laughs> since fifth grade, man. <laughs> Gotta be more specific. Oh, man. The fucking bright orange Giants hoodie you used to wear like every Classic. day. Classic. <laughs> Classic. That was a great hoodie. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know what happened to it. Uh, I want to see a, a return of the Giants hoodie. Uh, but I don't even know. I think I still have it down there somewhere. <laughs> people that are retweeting this uh, say hashtag return of the Giants hoodie, and uh, we're going to bring it back. So bring that Giants hoodie back. Anyway, today we're going to talk about the uh, the essential question today is uh, what's it like going to a competitive high school? 
And uh, before we get into like that, all that, let me just kind of preface by stating, I think my background and I'll let Thomas kind of go into what he experienced. Um, I, for those of you that know, uh, and looking at my background, grew up in Northern California and the Bay Area. Um, and in the Bay Area, we're known for a couple of things. Number one, our boba. Um, number two, uh, our technology. Uh, so like Intel, Apple, you know the deal. So if you want like computer science internships, this is the place. Uh, and number three, our competitive schools, believe it or not. Um, if you're local to the Bay, you know, or I would actually say if you're local to Silicon Valley instead of Bay, you know that most of the high schools and middle schools and schools around here, public schools in general are ultra competitive. Um, and I guess I was raised in that environment for a majority of my life. And uh, we're just gonna, we're gonna talk about that today. Thomas, you got anything to add? I mean, I have similar experience to you, same upbringing, everything. Yeah. So we're both like Bay Area kids. Um, we obviously went to the same high school, but uh, but we're just gonna we're just gonna kind of break this thing down. Uh, so where to begin? <laughs> <laughs> hmm, that's a tough one. We can start. Uh, I mean, start from the beginning. I feel like we could talk context. Like oh yeah, big yeah. Time. I mean, like I'm not, and like this is like I think this is such like, a clear thing. Like people say, like oh, all Bay Area high schools are competitive. By no means am I saying all Bay Area high schools are competitive because it's the Bay is such a huge place, you know, like it consists like I feel like we live in like the South Bay. And so we're very caught up in like, ah, it's San Jose, it's Cupertino, it's Santa Clara and that's the Bay. But like there's like a lot of area beyond. There's so many like different (laughs) bubbles, if you could say. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's insane. And like there are a lot of parts of the Bay area, which also like aren't in the best of socioeconomic conditions. Right. And so thus, because of that, they aren't, they don't necessarily have the access to the education and the level of education that we have. So in a way, what we're, you know, bitching about going to a competitive high school is also a blessing in a lot of ways. I mean, (laughs) like, I think like, I think it's such like a, I, this is what I was thinking about the other day. I was like, shit, this is kind of like a privilege problem to complain about, but you know, it's okay. Um, I think there are issues, even though we like are privileged and I think it's okay to acknowledge your privilege, but at the same time, like call out the bullshit that does go on. Um, there are definitely like two distinct sides of the coin yeah, in for both sure. the benefits and the large deficits as well. For sure, for sure. And we, we'll get into both. Cause I feel like when people talk about this, they usually talk about the negative, which is pretty you know in your face and overwhelming if you do attend these high schools um but i mean i think like if you're talking like specific areas like what what do you think like specific areas in the bay area are like competitive what would you do? what would you like if you pretty much to, like, like pick you could even almost reference just like the housing prices in general because those correlate pretty almost directly to the academic environments that they they're in that's very so, like true. the south bay around silicon valley like cupertino palo alto those areas yeah I mean, I listed a couple. I said Cupertino, Saratoga, parts of San Jose. You go down to like South San Jose, like Almaden, pretty competitive schools down there. Uh, Fremont, San Ramon. Uh, again, it's like more like pockets in the East Bay. It isn't necessarily all of East Bay. And like, like Thomas was saying, you look at home prices and wherever the homes are expensive, which like, I mean, if you're from Indiana and you're looking at home prices in the Bay Area, first of all, you'll probably have a stroke. 
um, because they're so goddamn expensive. But I think just like the more expensive of the lot, like you can tell like which schools tend to be, you know, have public schools. I, you know, I actually read somewhere that like in China, I don't know if this is true, but that I read somewhere or someone told me that like in China, they like actually advertise like Cupertino schools in the newspaper. So you have a oh lot of like gosh. foreign, you have like a lot of foreign buyers, like who are just dumping, like who are rich as fuck uh, from like all these foreign countries like China and India. And they're just dumping money into these houses so they can yeah, they just ship their kids off as well. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. starting their kids like because even it starts at like elementary schools you'd think like a lot of these rich families just ship them off to like college for overseas no these yeah. guys start early oh they start early dude like and that's the thing is like if you're from the fucking if you're from the bay or like our parts of the bay area if you're from like san jose or parts of san jose or cupertino wherever you know that like SAT prep camps are like the equivalent of like the crack game here. Like it's, it's crazy. Or like SAT prep, tutoring prep. Like there's this program, I forget what it's called. I think it's like Ivy math. Like it's literally like they start, you enroll in kindergarten and you put like this big ass deposit down. And when you put the deposit down, like it's, uh, you put the deposit down and they basically say they'll guarantee you a place in an IV by the time they're done with their kid in 12 years. I'm like, that's fucking insanity. And like, people go do that. I'm like, bruh, like your child is five. Like, and I let them have an actual childhood for once. Exactly. Oh, like he doesn't know how to spell IV. Like chill <laughs> for a second. Like let him just like eat his chocolate chip cookie and drink his Danimals and chill. Like Exactly. And like, no, it's crazy just driving down like Stevens Creek and some of these other streets, like everything left and right, you see, they're just buildings upon buildings of SAT prep and see like MCAT, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's fucking horrifying, but it's also just like, bro, that's the way we grew up. And like, you just like the meme pages that I follow on Instagram, just like make endless fun of it. And it's, it's funny looking back on it, but like being in it, you're like, oh my God, can this please stop? Like it's, it's fucking horrible. And I mean, I think we have to kind of address the elephant in the room here. A lot of the people that do move to these areas, you know, do tend to be immigrants from other countries, more specifically Asian countries like China and India. Um, and, you know, these immigrants, and I'm not, I'm sound like Trump now, but uh, <laughs> immigrants, I mean, the immigrants from these countries, because I could say that because my parents are men usually grew up in pretty tough circumstances and they managed to claw and scrap their way to America and somehow make this life for their themselves. And I guess like the pressure that they put on the, like, and this goes to the whole tiger parenting thing. It's like the pressure that they put on their kids comes from a good place. You know, it's like, Hey, I came to this country so that my children and my legacy could have a better life. I went through crap and back so that you guys can go out and, and basically giving your kids the best opportunity to succeed. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a, that's a good intent, but I guess the execution is where I feel like there is a slight interpretation error, so to speak. Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty weird. Uh, and I, I mean, it's like the whole immigrant attitude. It's just like work hard, put your head down. Don't really focus on anything else. Like get your good grades and, you know, but I feel like 
that that's a that's a great attitude to have like working hard and being humble and continuing to be and strive to be the best that you can but you can't overdo it because you see a lot of these kids if they like focus and hunger down on only academics their social life severely suffers and especially in the workplace and nowadays especially a lot of work environments they also focus on the social aspect if you're a decent human being to work with or if you like physically can't work with others and stuff like that for sure and i mean honestly like it's um it's like it's it's a very important skill like you have to be like know how to talk to people and you know how you have to know how to communicate and i feel like you know going to these high schools like definitely does detract from that ability because if you go to like a normal high school kids are like hanging out on the weekends like they're doing things like I like I, I don't know if this happened to you but like fucking like when I was in high school or when we were in high school I had to lie and say when I was in high school but when we were in high school like fucking I would try I would like text people on Friday night and be like yo what are you doing like are you, are you gonna go out to the football game when it was like fall and like pre-corona and they were like um no nah, dude I gotta study for the SAT tomorrow dude and like that was normal at high school it was like nah dude guys study for the sat nah bro got a math test monday nah bro got calc homework like these guys it, were studying like five days in advance for anything i was like dude like just chill out mm-hmm. like you need a break sometimes you know what i mean and i mean it's it's a little ridiculous like it's gotten to the point where it's like dude like why why are you sacrificing like and that's like the thing is is like perspective is something that i had to learn over time right perspective oh, yeah. isn't necessarily something that comes like this like it's it takes like obviously like years upon years of life to learn it but like you step outside you graduate high school you go to college and you suddenly start to realize like holy fuck the world isn't you know just all about a's mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah. Mr. Davey, one of our history teachers, he always had the saying of how like, you guys all live in a bubble and yeah. none of us took him seriously. None, none of, of us. us. None of us. I mean, I only really to started college. to, I think I only really started to see it probably like second semester senior year. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, but because you just get caught up. It's like, because you're, I, it's, it's this whole idea of like micro versus macro thinking, right? Because it's like, the macro thought is like, dude, college doesn't fucking matter and you know and that's like a whole thing is like these competitive high schools do tend to like like the goal is to get into a top 25 university in the country right but and that's the ultimate goal and the penultimate goal for a lot of the students who do tend to attend these colleges and or not attend these colleges but attend these high schools is to get into one of these universities but like what's weird now is that, I mean, I'm going to get into the whole like coronavirus stuff later and how that's totally just shifted the game for these schools. Um, But like, I think like the problem is you just get so fixated on names, right? Berkeley, Harvard, Michigan, Yale. I'm just listing random colleges. And you just totally get fixated on those names that like, if you fall short of that list, you feel like a failure, which shouldn't be the case in any sort of way yeah and another interesting perspective to take on that it's it's not only the students 
who feel that pressure, but also some of the parents, because they also somewhat use it as a status symbol in certain mindsets. Right. They right. want to have that nice bumper sticker that's like, yep, that's Harvard. My kid went there. So mm-hmm. thus they are then a good parent by definition. Yeah. And I mean, like that gets into the whole question is like, what really is a good parent? Like, <laughs> it, mm-hmm. is it to send your kid to an amazing college, but like, you know, like the fact that he got into fucking Harvard, but had to like sacrifice all his social life and probably, you know, reduced his mental health capacity by like 80%. Oh, yeah. And, you know, did all of these things to what? Get into Harvard where he's supposed to study even further to get a good job, you know what I mean? And get a good job. So then what? He can find a nice wife and then, you know, have a good Start family. the cycle over and again. It's just a fucking cycle. And this is like what I was saying is just you get caught up in this loop that you know a yes like it's the stereotypical like you want a nice job you want financial security you want a nice family you want to live in the burbs you know you want a tesla whatever and it's like bro like sometimes like individuals and this is like all i'm not saying financial security is a bad thing by any means i'm like the biggest advocate for financial security mm-hmm. but i think that sometimes like individuals have different perspectives on issues, right? Like some people are okay having less money, but being happy and doing something that they like. Some people want all the money that they can get, you know? And it just being in like a bubble like this where the parents, like the parents of most of the kids that we knew were VPs at tech companies, higher ups in tech companies, execs, like, you know, people who were very, very powerful within Silicon Valley, which mind you is one of the most powerful, like economic industries in America. And, you know, you have these like powerhouses and just like, who are like the parents of, and those kids like feel the pressure coming from their parents. Like, yes, like economically I'm okay. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have to worry about providing for rent or like making sure my family's okay. But holy shit, my parents, like my parents got there. Where am I supposed to go? Like, that's the pressure you feel or they feel as those kids, you know, and that rubs off on each other. And it's kind of like this negative feedback loop. 100%. Yeah. And it's just like, it sucks, you know, but it's also like, I guess it's inevitable in a lot of ways, you know? And I mean, unfortunately it is what it is. Uh, all about that repeating cycle. Yeah, how about that repeating cycle? That repeating cycle goes for so many things, though. Mm. But, I mean, we have to also say, you know, the majority race in a lot of these schools, in a lot of these bubbles, in a lot of these little pockets of the Bay Area, it's Asian people, man. And I'm not saying that in a bad sense, like, oh, the Asians are bad. And I'm like, I'm using Asian as an umbrella term, by the way, so that does include Indian people, Pakistani people, whatever, right? But Asian people, like, yes, are they, I mean, like, this is what I wanted to ask you was, do you think that Asian, like Asian parents obviously tend to prioritize education, right? It's built in our kind of, it's built in their DNA from like a young age to like want, uh, from their parents to like go out and achieve financial success. And the way to do that is through education. But do you think for for kids like do they really care about school like do they really genuinely care about those a's or is it just to like appease their parents or try to one-up their parents a lot of it is 
just like appeasing the parents more so. The kids like, yeah, they understand that like getting A's is good and it will help them in the future or whatever. But the kids also want to focus on other things, follow their passions, get a social life, hang out with friends. And they, I think they better understand the necessary trades and balancing of the work and social life that they do want to, want to have. Whereas the parents, they don't necessarily feel that balance as much. Right, right. I mean, I think like, obviously like, the classic answer is to completely blame the parents, right? Just be like, oh, fuck the parents. It's their fault. You know, they put so much pressure. And I feel like there is this constant, like, especially like in our community, there's a constant narrative of just blame the parents, blame the parents, blame the parents. And I get it, right? It's, it has a lot of validity to it. There is a lot of pressure coming from the home to perform well in school. And if you don't perform well in school, you get your ass beat when you go home. That's like the whole, that's like at least the mentality at our respective high schools around here is just you know do well in school otherwise you don't want to know type thing but I think to a certain extent it's kids really feeding into the culture as well they're buying in right it's this whole thing of like you know your parents are like go do it otherwise I'll you know do bad things and they're just like okay I gotta do it and it's like they almost create this microculture at school, which is incredibly toxic, where they're competing against each other unintentionally, even though I don't think the intention is to compete against one another. But the way that, you know, these parents push across these, you know, necessary narratives to go out and, you know, perform, like kids are inadvertently competing against themselves to get ahead which you know shouldn't be the case this is high school like we're these are 15 to 18 year olds you're dealing with who are still like growing and like developing as human beings and you know hormonal imbalance is real believe (laughs) and like it's just like this whole thing of like yes the parents have an issue but it's also kids as well and it's like you know, when, cause when you go, like when you enter, I still remember like fucking going to high school every day. Like I would walk out of the car and I'd like take a deep breath and I'd be like, oh, here we go again. This, the fucking conversations that you have with most mm-hmm. kids, like, and that's the problem. Right. And this was another issue I had about going to a competitive high school. It's most of the fucking, most of the fucking conversations I had with kids weren't about normal teenage stuff it wasn't like bro you catch the niner game you catch the warrior game not at all of course it was like me and you would talk like that (laughs) like me and a couple other people and like other people would look at us like hey what the fuck you aren't studying like or like most of the thing was like dude hit me up with the plugs for the chem test bro or like bro what'd you get on that calc test you see the fucking uh the grades went up on canvas it's like oh fuck the grades went up on canvas and then you check your email and it's like up grade submitted just like fuck me and it's like that was the type of culture that we dealt with in high school where it was just like so many like the the conversations revolved around grades they revolved around colleges they revolved around gpas it was numbers 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 but what the fuck do these numbers mean in the long run exactly because all the because these kids come from households where that is also what they mainly convert all their conversations are about the parents are asking them, all right, what'd you get? What'd you get? Where were your grades? How's the test or whatever? And they spread that into this high school environment with the other kids. They start perpetuating that and then just blossoms and grows into 
this very toxic and competitive environment. For sure. I mean, I, I like I, I think we've both seen it firsthand. And it's really fucking annoying. Like, honestly, it's like, and this leads us into like the whole separate conversation, which is AP classes. Like, oh, oh yeah. my God. Okay. Um, so I'll just do a quick explanation for AP classes for those of you who don't know what they are. AP classes are essentially advanced placement classes, which are like, you know, the top of the top uh, type of classes. Um, you know, they're more material. They're supposed to be at like a college level. I think that's what they are, which are designated by college board, which please, I mean, is the most fucking corrupt institution in all of education. Abolish the college board. <laughs> yeah, facts. Um, it's worse than the electoral college. No, I'm, kidding. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding but uh you know it's just it's like a very it's a, it's this it's basically this business almost ap classes that are you know put into place by the college board and these competitive high schools eat it right up because their parents are demanding you know higher and higher levels of education be provided at these high schools and ap classes oftentimes bring together the smartest of the smart or I'll put this in air quotes, smartest of the smart kids, AKA the kids with the highest numerical GPAs together in one classroom to basically pit them against one another to compete, to see who can come out on top. Right. Is that fair? hundred percent. I mean, you've been in AP classes. Like what, like what, what is the general consensus that you have felt from AP classes? I mean, it's just a, another level of competitiveness on top of that it's all so you already filter out like a lot of the people who aren't are like not competitive at all they don't spread that mentality because there are like a good amount of them there is just yeah. filter those guys out or most of them out immediately with these ap classes and they just create an even like tighter bubble right of just all the very academically driven students yeah i think i in particular was like very lucky that i wasn't really in that ap bubble too heavy um i like personally in high school just did not take very many ap classes i mean comparatively that's comparatively to the saratoga standard may i mind you or to the competitive high school standard shout out saratoga high school but also you know we're talking shit so um but yeah i took let's see uh i think i took i took three ap's in high school that's it people are probably gonna listen to this like oh my god you only took three i'm like yeah dude like fuck oh no i took four i took four never mind yeah so shout out to all my asian parents that are listening to this and they're like he only took four ap's yeah i did um but yeah no i mean i don't know how many ap's you took but i took yeah i took four and honestly i think three of the four ap's i took i was blessed enough to have been in a humanities program uh, at our high school that just like kind of took away an element of the competitiveness. Thomas oh, yeah. was in that program as well. Um, and it kind of took away an element of the competitiveness. Uh, it made it like less pressure, but there was still a quite a bit of competition, especially amongst like the few people that were signed up for the AP classes. Um, and then for the one non like humanities Academy type thing uh, type ap that i took that was very very cutthroat class mm -hmm. like I, it was apes for those of you from saratoga high school or from any high school really in the area uh it was ap environmental science um and bro 
like I was surprised, you know, like, cause like coming in, like I was expecting like, okay, like maybe this is going to be like a little, you know, it's going to be competitive, but like, I didn't really see like the level of competition that was going to come, but I got lucky that my particular period was very relaxed and very like, you know, like a lot of the kids in the class were pretty chill, but it was like pretty bad in, in terms of like the overall, like, spectrum of kids who were taking that class you know because it was kids that really only just didn't give a fuck about environmental science first of all right i just wanted they, a lot of people did that class just for the free ap credit yeah the, they, it was a. for the grade bump really to be honest and it was like but for ap environmental science for those of you who don't know it's more of a humanity science so it's like it involves a lot more like critical thinking and a lot more writing and a lot more like thinking about how issues like impact the greater societal world. And, you know, we've been talking about bubbles for the last 20 minutes. So obviously a lot of kids who are more physics and chem and bio did not do well in this class. And the amount of cheating in apes, I will tell you, Thomas knows at our high school, there was like at least, three to four cheating scandals in apes per year would you say something like that 100 percent. yeah kids there were kids in my apes class and like i you know like i would be taking my tests going through my scantron you know just being like wow this is hard as shit i'm gonna fail but guess what you know it doesn't matter um and i'm, I'm taking my test and i hear like taps on the table like and I'm like, bro, what the fuck are people doing? Like, stop tapping your pencil. Shut the fuck up. Later do I come to find out these kids, I'm not going to name names, these kids were communicating in Morse code. Morse code. I'm talking like Samuel Morse code with their pencils to try and cheat on a test. I was like, are we really at the level where kids are cheating in morse code to get ahead like is school that important to you that you are going to learn a whole new fucking language to cheat i was like this is unbelievable so ridiculous like (laughs) that and that was normal that's the thing. Like that was considered like, Oh, they learned Morse code. Like for sure. Like we would just talk about that. I was like, it wasn't until like I left for school or like got out of the bubble for a bit where I was like, what the fuck? The lengths people went to were insane. Yeah. That was like, that was a little more, I would say on like the crazier side of things. Um, we have some, I'm going to share more crazy stories that I've heard. I'm sure you have some crazy ones too. Um, but like, dude, like who the fuck uses Morse code to cheat on a test? That still boggles my mind. It's ridiculous. Um, and that yeah. this also brings up another issue of the fact that these kids aren't taking the class to like learn about the material because they're genuinely interested and want like higher levels of learning in that. Right. They just but want not, the damn A. They are nowhere... Remotely uh, no. interested in the subject. Yeah, I'm just gonna interrupt you for one second. But mm-hmm. I, I just wanted to say, like, I'm not trying to generalize all kids and saying every single kid that takes an, that takes apes or any AP class for that matter, like, doesn't give a fuck about the subject because that's not entirely. Yeah, true. there's so ma- there are a good amount that really do. There's a good amount that like it. So, yeah. But Thomas, I'm so sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. 
I don't, know, I don't even know where I was going with that. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, truly, like, it just, it's so, like, the ki- the lengths kids go to at these, at, like, our high school, our types of high schools is just insanity. And, like, I'll, I'll describe it to you like this. Like, we had this thing called tutorial every, we had it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Monday day. through Friday. It was kind of like, you know, like a break in between like your first class and your second class. And so we had, we had tutorial every day and it was like 35 minutes. And let me describe to you the scene of the library at tutorial. Okay. Think of the most popping nightclub in Los Angeles. (laughs) Okay. Most popping nightclub in Los Angeles. This is all pre-corona by the way. Pop in nightclub in Los Angeles, right? It's packed. There's a line out the door to literally get in. The library was the most popular bar on our campus. I kid you not. Thomas can back me up on this. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there were lines out the fucking door to get into the fucking library because they had reached maximum capacity before there was going to be a fire hazard. And our library was pretty big. It's a nice library. It's a big size library. Like you walk in, it's like, it looks kind of small on the outside, but you walk in, it's pretty big, dude. Mm -hmm. And when you walk in, like, especially during finals week, like before or like during tutorial, it is a mad house. I'm like, it's supposed to be a library. Like, isn't it supposed to be quiet? Like, it's just like everyone in there it's and i i like to call the library like at our high school personally was like the center of cheating like it's where everything went down like you go table to table you can get answers for any test no cap i swear to god like i've had homework you get tests you could get literally anything i have friends who have done it i can't say i personally did it in high school i came very close a couple times to just being like fuck it i'm gonna Mm -hmm. you know tap into the cheating but i didn't i was very happy with myself about that um but i helped other people cheat like i feel like okay this is another thing right the whole thing of cheating this is so big at these high schools it's just everyone cheats most i would say what would you say if you had to put a statistic on who cheats and who doesn't cheat? i have to say at least like well, for cheating on tests or homework, because those just are two everything. different things. Um, if it's just homework, a lot of people cheat on homework, like 80%, I'd say, something like that. I would probably say upwards of about 85% of students at our high school have cheated before. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah, at least once. At least once, if not many more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's a lot of repeat offenders. <laughs> oh, yeah. Believe oh, me. Yeah. But... The cheaters? Oh my gosh. I mean, every other person is a cheater. Like, quote unquote, according to the definition. Like, in my father's version of cheating, like, oh, it's like you copy one homework problem, you're a cheater. Then I cheated. I'm I'm a self-proclaimed cheater. But, and I'm sure, you know, you have cheated as well. But (laughs) in terms of that definition. But if you don't count homework, like, yeah, the number goes down a little bit, but yes, oh, yeah. there's a significant amount of people that have cheated on tests. No lie. Mm-hmm. And I have helped people cheat on tests. I personally have n- did never cheat on a test in high school. I have helped people cheat that I know needed the grade. 
exactly. came to me who were very, very desperate for a grade bump and like needed it. I helped them out. Mm-hmm. But, and the crazy, yeah, yeah. And the crazy thing is, is that there's some tutoring places. I went to one of them. I didn't actually experience this though. Yeah. There's some tutoring places that literally have copies of past year's tests for that class and teacher right. that the students like take three times in a row or whatever to, to practice on. Mm-hmm. No, um, that's like a very, very similar. That's a very real thing that has happened. Like somehow these like tutoring agencies in the area, right? They cater to the local high schools. So they cater to the private schools nearby and they cater to the public schools nearby. And they're usually located somewhere. And they is somewhere in the South Bay and they have like databases of just tests from past years of problems from past years. And they essentially class isn't necessarily about the material, but more so about the teacher. That's kind of the way. And that's kind of like, if you want to get into the psychology of the way these kids think and the way we thought in high school, it was more so thinking about it like an opponent. It wasn't thinking about it like a, the class and like, what do I need to learn to succeed? It was, exactly. I need to be five steps ahead of my teacher. So I know everything that they are going to put on my test. And if I can get ahead of my teacher and figure out what they are doing, then I'm set. It's more about getting a leg up than actually learning the material. Exactly. Well. Right. And students at these high schools spent way more time trying to outsmart the teacher, including me. I've done that before. I'm very much a victim of what are they going to do? What are their ticks? What are the problems that they love to post? Oh, right? yeah. Like, it's, it's almost like game film. It's almost like you're like an athlete and you're like, oh, what's my opponent's tick? What's their, what do they like? What are their tendencies? Like this, that, and the other. And you're picking at them. Like, you know, and you're like, I can get by by doing this. And believe me, there are a lot of students that are so good at outsmarting specific teachers that they just mm-hmm. rock their classes. And they do so well in that class that they get recommended for the higher class and they'll get recommended for the honors class the next year. And then they start fucking bombing. Uh And it's like, and that's the thing, right? With like, and I'm talking particularly more so math and science classes. And we'll talk about STEM and stuff later and just like how that kind of plays into everything. Math and science classes in particular are the heights of competitiveness at these high schools because I'll get into it now. STEM is the currency. If you do STEM, you are looked at in an incredibly positive light. If you don't do STEM, go fuck yourself. That's essentially what the mentality is at a lot of these public high schools around here. Literally, everyone aspires to be a doctor or an engineer or a CS major, anything like that. Right. And I think... And if you want to be a humanities major, they're like, oh, you're a lawyer. That's what you're typecast as. It's high income professionals is the goal. Doctors, lawyers, engineers, fucking whatever data science, cognitive science bullshit. I don't, I don't really understand any of it, but that's the goal that if you do that and you get a job at a fortune 500, you're, you, you are living the, the dream. Like that is, that is what these schools want. And STEM obviously plays a huge role because of the region that we live in. You know, we live in the Silicon Valley. Most of these parents are tech execs, are tech 
professionals who are very high up in their respective fields, right? Who work at these companies in very specific fields. And a lot of them are industry pioneers for that matter. Oh yeah. And you get into tech and if you have the right parents or you know the right parents, you're fucking set. You have job connects here for days. Uh So I see the appeal. You know what I mean? Like I get why kids are attracted to that, to tech. It's not a well-paved path to success. Not just because it's high paying, but because the people that you meet at these high schools, your friends' parents are powerful as hell and they can make a lot of things happen for you and you can make a lot of money. And I'm not saying this is the case for everybody, but I'm saying for a lot of people, they can make a lot of money just off connections. And that's the name of the game in every industry, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, like, you're a film major. It's name of the game, connections. Mm-hmm. Who you know, who do you know? And that gets you further, right? And that's, like, what it is here. And it's almost like, I'm sure in L.A., entertainment and film are, like, the two most popular careers, right, amongst kids who have, you know, who go to high schools like this and who have parents who are like mostly higher ups in film and in entertainment and in business and all that oh, stuff. Yeah. And I bet it's kids in Los Angeles are like, shit, if I get, you know, go be a film major at USC or UCLA or some great film school, mm-hmm. then I got the connections to thrive in this industry and do whatever I want. People just take the easy way out. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is at the end of the day. Is it the easy way out? Some people like tech. I'm not oh, yeah. saying that like I, I'm friends with a good amount of techies. People mm-hmm. live, breathe, and die by Java. Like it's their, <laughs> it's their every move. Like they oh, yeah. love it. And I, I, I'm proud of them. Like I'm very happy that they like that and they should go after it. But there are a lot of people that are STEM majors, that are tech, that are CS majors, that are mm-hmm. um, fucking data information systems majors, data science, everything that fucking hate their lives. They're doing it so that they get the job and they get the bank. They get the money. And why? Because from such a young age, you're surrounded in this community where it's like, you're either going to be a doctor or you're going to be an engineer or there's no, or. like, <laughs> yes, that, that's it. Yeah. Or you're going to be a lawyer in some families, <laughs> some families, but you know, like it, that's it. And that's so sad. Like I genuinely, like till I went to college, did not realize there was so many careers available. Like I was like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Like, wow, there's a lot of different things that you could do. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and, and that's because you're stuck in that bubble where there's like, it feels like there's only like three jobs in the world and everyone's one of those three things. Oh, yeah. And I was like, bro, what is happening? Like, <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a trip. And I think every Saratoga, not every Saratoga kid, but every kid who goes to one of these high schools in the bay area i think goes through a similar thing or like a similar awakening so to speak mm-hmm. um but i wanted to transition to this uh i think if you do talk about 
competitive high schools. We touched on STEM. We touched on a little bit of the context of growing up in the Bay Area, all that stuff. Got to talk about the mental health aspect of things. Oh, yeah. It's one of the most important things to this puzzle, but it's also one of the most tragic things to, or tragic pieces to the puzzle. Um, At Gunn High School, uh, which is a high school, what, 15 or 20 minutes away from where we live, something like that, Mm -hmm. really close by. Um, There was a double suicide cluster that took place when we were within the public school system. For the first suicide cluster, I think I was a little young. I don't personally remember it. Um, It was probably like 2010, something like that. Um, 2011, whatever. Uh, But the second one was in 2015. I was a freshman in high school. I very specifically remember it. Thomas, do you remember anything about the, the gun suicide cluster? It was what everyone was talking about. It's freaking insane. I think you, you want to explain that? Yeah. So basically what it was, was the, so basically uh, gun high school at the time in 2010 for the first suicide cluster was ranked as probably, I think number two or number three high school in a, not America, but in California. And it was like top 50 in America. Uh, it still is. Um, and it's, it was, it's this uber competitive academic, like high school, kind of like what we're talking about. And essentially what happened was over the course of kind of, I think it was the 2010, 2011 school year. Um, there were like six or seven kids that jumped in front of the Cal train, which is like the local train here in the Bay area. And they jumped on the tracks as the Cal train was coming and they killed themselves due to a lot of these kids cited academic stress and academic um, academic overworkload and competitive culture and letting their parents down were often the site sightings of those of those cases and there was about six of them within the course of one school year so that was like already kind of like red flags like it was in national media people were starting to talk about palo alto california which like for those of you who don't know palo alto never gets talked about in the news but when gun high school happened like everyone was like what like this is insane i remember there was like a cnn report on it like it was Mm -hmm. crazy and then so but that was one year right so people stopped talking about it after that and i was a little kid at the time so i don't really remember the impact of it i think my brother was in high school at the time but i don't even think it was, it was kind of like one of those things. It was one of those news stories that was big for like a couple of weeks and then it just kind of faded away. Fast forward to five years later, I think during the 2015, 2016 school year, another suicide cluster happens. And I think this time it's like four, another additional, like three to four students like jumped in front of the Caltrain because of the same reasons that were cited before. Uh, academic stress, academic overload, this, that, and the other. And by the way, I may be getting the numbers wrong of like the people, the amount of people that died. I don't know the exact numbers, but it's pretty high. Mm -hmm. Um, And what happened was that suddenly they started calling it a double suicide cluster. And that had never happened. I'm pretty sure had almost never happened in like the history of schools. It was like, suddenly you're talking like, holy shit, within the course of five years, like seven or eight kids have jumped in front of the Caltrain because 
of what had happened and because of the academic stress and because of these ridiculous amounts of pressure that they feel like they're facing. And we were in freshman in high, we were freshmen in high school at the time when that second cluster happened. And suddenly, you know, I remember like we would hear about a different person like every other month or like Mm -hmm. something happened. And like, it was like, Oh, did you hear about the kid from gun? It was like, which one got to the point where it was like, which one, which is really concerning i mean the fact you have to say which one exactly and point being like i think me as a freshman at saratoga kind of was like dude we have the same culture as gum Mm -hmm. we do the same things kids worry about the same shit kids do the same things the culture is the same the cluster could happen here like it could lit gun is just, and that's what I was saying is like in a lot of places you have competitive high schools, right? There's a lot of public schools, which I'm sure are very competitive. Oh yeah. And I'm sure have, you know, competitive student bodies, but it's one particular community or one particular subset of a community and the national media. Yes. They talked about gun high school and they talk about Palo Alto and it's great because it plays into the narrative of how it's right across from Stanford university. And then, you know, all that pressure and blah, blah, blah. Mm. But the problem is, and this is like, I think something that only really Bay area locals know, or like if you've grown up in the system, like, you know, these public high schools are everywhere. It could have been at Doherty. It could have been a mission. It could have been at Saratoga. It could have been at Monta Vista. It could have been at Lindbrook. It, and the, and that's the thing is like, it could have been anywhere, but it just happened to be at gun. And so the national media was like, oh, it's only happening in this particular area. When in reality, the suicides may not have happened at these high at our high schools, which in our case at Saratoga, there was a suicide that happened, mm-hmm. but that it was unrelated to academics. But the point is, is that it could happen. It could have happened anywhere. And I think that's what kind of gets lost is that yeah. the lo- lives were lost at gun. But you look at the number of attempts that take place at Lindbrook, at Monta Vista, at Saratoga, at like, think to yourself in your head for a second, like how many people can you think of that you knew in high school that like attempted or thought about suicide? There've been a decent amount. I can think of like eight off the top of my head. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like that's and that's only the people that have like openly admitted that. That's the people that have openly admitted it to me. A bigger problem with this whole entire issue is that a lot of it goes like under the radar, unseen. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it like people don't talk about, right? And like that's because like. I mean, that's like a whole separate, like our, our generational issue, right. Which mm-hmm. has to do with like a wide variety of things is why people don't talk about mental health. Like number one reason being like, you know, they're, I mean, they're, they're scared. Like, you know, like people are going to judge them. You know, this is it. Like it's, it's just grades, like, you know, like stuff like that. And I do think that has something to do with it is like, people are afraid that they're going to get judged for the reasons why they feel like shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, it's great. It's like your people look around you like, bro, chill. And they say that on the outside, right. In high school, like I'm sure I would have been like, bro, chill. It's just grades. When in reality, like everyone's flipping their shit on the inside. Like, Oh God. Oh God. Like 
how am I going to get a 92 in this class or like this and that? And like kids are crunching numbers to like see what they exact scores they have to get so that they can maintain this so that they can get into college. And it goes back to that whole idea of like the race to nowhere where it's like, where are you going? Like, you're just, what's the end? What's the end game? Like, and this is what I, like a lot of my friends in high school, I had this discussion, like this was senior year. They were like, I'm applying here, here and here. And I was like, dude, and I'm like, and they were like, I'm doing this major and I'm double majoring with this and minoring in this. And I'm like, you're doing like four different things, bro. What's the end game? Mm-hmm. And not a lot of those people. And I don't blame them because I have, I've switched what I wanted to do like 90 million times since I left high school. They have no fucking idea. Mm-hmm. And that's normal. Like I don't. And like, that's a problem I have with the whole college education system is that I feel like we shouldn't have to choose what career we go into at 18. Exactly. None of us know what the fuck we want to do or like 99% of the population is confused, you know? And it's like, dude, like the whole, this is what I'm saying. It's like the education system just needs an overhaul. And it's, it's crazy if you think about it. I mean, and that, I mean, relating it back to like competitive high schools, I mean, with like the whole gun double suicide cluster, like it, it like shook a lot of people up in our area. And I think at the time there was like a whole wake up call, like, let's do something. Like we need to make sure this doesn't happen again. And then the noise kind of fades and the national media kind of moves on to other things and other people start talking about other shit. And you kind of go back into your normal reality and you just forget, forget about the past. And there's no, and I I don't know if, I've heard there's a documentary actually about it. I don't necessarily know what it's called. If you search up gun high school documentary, it'll come up on Amazon prime. I watched it. It was really good. Um, So I highly recommend it. Uh, But in that documentary, they kind of talk about the lack of action that Palo Alto union school district took. And I'm like, they were directly impacted by this. And I imagine the other schools around them, they were probably just like, ah, whatever. And this is another issue that I severely have had with, um, with our with the high schools around here is there's a lack of action yeah you care to comment on that (laughs) (laughs) no i was just thinking because there's so many high schools that like or like when all this whole scandal comes about there's they never do much about it they do like the bare minimum to get the attention off them and then the norm returns of like the same academic environment nothing really changes right my roommate actually i was thinking about this a lot my roommate in college, he went to like another fairly academic high school. This was in um, the northern suburbs of Chicago, right? And this one is mm-hmm. like nationally ranked, you know, the usual, the what we've been talking about. Yeah. But what he said, and to use one word to describe his high school, what he said it was, it was a business of all things. It wasn't a school. Their motto wasn't to teach. It was to, there's a public high school as well. Yeah. 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 It was to make like it was to make money through like various like experimental like teaching habits and also like just getting that more extra like tax dollar money and everything which they didn't need as well yeah I mean that's the thing is like we can talk about this and like I think your roommate's completely valid in the way that he's saying like it is a business because it is at the end of the day bottom line I mean you look at so like if, if you like pretend like you're a young family that has kind of a bit of money 
and you want to move to a really nice neighborhood with great public schools. And you're looking at API scores, which the statistics that they use to measure schools are just so fucking stupid. None of them take into account student happiness, student life, you know, like happiness of teachers, like academic satisfaction. None of that shit gets taken into account. It's all about API scores, average SAT scores, average GPAs. And guess what? Saratoga scores, Lindbrook scores, Monta Vista scores, Cupertino scores through the roof. Mm-hmm. They are ahead of the national average by thousands of points, may you, in all of those categories. They're killing it. And that's not their problem. You know, like they have students, but they're fostering that culture. You know what I mean? And oh, it's yeah. like, and a lot of it like has to do with the numbers. And it's like, and I was thinking about this recently here. I, I think a lot of Saratoga students are going to get a little pissed at me, but I'm, here, hear me out. So our ex-principal at Saratoga had this motto and you know it. It's like, we are the best high school in America. America's number On one the, high school. America's best high school. America's number one high school. We heard that ad nauseum through our four years of high school. Thinking about it first, like everyone's like, ha, 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 like whatever. Like we know we're not America's number one high school, blah, blah, blah. But like, think about it for a second. Like that's the subconscious like thing of like, that's the motto of your high school is like, we're America's best high school. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, he wants us, like, I'm not saying our principal was like, oh, like you have to go out there and, you know, fucking do this and, and be the best, but like America's best high school, like think about, and like, think about how that seeps into your subconscious as you're going to high school. Like basic psychology is like, you're surrounded in a high school where you're self-proclaimed to be America's best, right? All the students around the average GPA in our high school class was like a 3.9. Okay. Like it's insane. The SAT scores around you are through the roof. Like imagine, and that's contributing to the environment. I don't know if our principal wanted to, you know, contribute to the environment. I don't think he did. I think he means well, he's a good guy. Oh yeah. But, and he, he said some controversial shit. That's besides the point, but um, it's crazy. Like, I'm just like, dude, what? Like, like thinking about it, like, I mean, it's just something you don't think about. Like, it's like, ah, America. Yeah, it's just a funny joke or whatever. But but. like, that's what they really wanted our high school to be. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's what our parents wanted it to be. Because you know why? Because parents wanted it to be that way. So their home prices could go up. Right. And you know, the principal wanted it to be that way. So he gets bonuses and teachers want it to be that way because if their students perform well on the standardized test and on the test, they get paid more. So it's like this whole thing of like money's the bottom line. He's totally right. Mm -hmm. It is a business at the end of the day. You're just paying, like you just want everything to operate that way in that particular way. And, um, and like, this is another thing. Um, so there's another documentary that I watched, uh, gosh, this had to be like four or five years ago when I was still in high school. Um, and then I watched it again, like a couple years later, it's called the race. It's called race to nowhere. I don't know if you've watched it. It came out in like 2010, 2011, something like that. Um, and I watched it and it's talking about competitive high schools. It's scratching the surface, but it's talking about all the wrong things. It's talking about like 
how we have too much homework and how that causes stress and how that is leading to increased mental health rates and how that and that. And I'm like, decreasing homework isn't going to do shit. Like, what? <laughs> like, that's I, such I'm, a small part of the big I'm like, puzzle. That's like literally like if you have an iceberg, like you look at the Titanic's iceberg, that's less than the tip. Like <laughs> You're barely at the tip. You just scratched it. There's a whole mountain underneath of just crazy things and crazy shit that's happening. And I'm just like, are you really saying that homework is the re and I, I tried to explain to my parents too, cause they were like, wow, you know, like a new, like, do they really assign that much homework? Is that the reason? I'm like, dad, it's not all homework. It's, it's not all assignments and homework. Like that's not the only reason if kids were worried about homework, they just cheat. Like that's what they, they end up doing. <laughs> like that's what 85% of our student body does. Like, you know, it's, you know, that is the way it is. And it's just like, it's unfortunate, you know, it's like, wow, I really wish the document, it was like, cause it was scratching the surface. It was like, come on, come on. Yep. You know, it's just about homework. It's like, fuck, but you know, it is the way it is. Um, but yeah, I was so just, the amount of homework they give, it won't affect like how you do on the test scores or the stress mm -hmm. of that, that gives. And right. any other of the like college things, expectations, right? It won't affect any of that. Yeah, I would love to have the creator of Race to Nowhere on this podcast, and I, we can <laughs> shoot it and talk One about day, it. Yeah, and talk about how homework isn't the only issue. I mean, the documentary was created in like 2009, to be fair. So maybe things have changed, and maybe her argument or stance on the argument has changed. I think there needs to be a sequel. Mm -hmm. um, it was a good documentary. I still recommend it. I still think there's some useful information in there, uh, but yeah like we finna need to talk about you know, have the race to nowhere creator come on here shout out to the race to nowhere creator please hit me up uh shoot her an email i mean yeah i'll be done i'll be down to do that okay here's an interesting question i have for you yeah if you have to do it all over again with your children and your family mm -hmm. do you raise them in the bay area <sighs> i mean yes I'd say, like, it's still not bad to raise them in there, but a lot of that plays into the uh, their home environment to it. I agree. Because I was very great, thankful to be raised in a family where, like, they're accepting of, like, if you get a B, that's okay. Like, they're still, like, push you to, like, do better, but, yeah, like, they won't, like, whip your ass or anything if you yeah. get below a B or don't go to an Ivy League or whatever. Yeah. They understand that, like, yes, you need to follow, like, build a social life and balance that. You need to, like, mm -hmm. follow stuff you're actually interested in, pursue extracurriculars, etc. So, like... For sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got personally very lucky, again. Yeah. Like, I had, like, and this is crazy to think about. It's just, like, we had so many, like, our high school was, what, would you say 65, 70% Asian? Something yep. like that. 65, 70%. The, yeah, that's around the official statistic. Yeah, something like that. I think it's 60. We'll just go 65. Yeah. 65% Asian. I'd say probably of the 65%, I would say it's like 60, 40, 60% Asian American and 40% South Asian American. Mm -hmm. And like people like, ha and like within those like groups, like you get judged for how strict your parents are. Like oh, yeah. it's insane. I mean, like my parents, are 
consider like my parents were always considered to be like oh dude and dude shut the fuck up like you don't have to deal with shit bro your parents are so chill yeah like, you're almost looked down upon when you have like bro parents. what am i supposed to do exactly. my parents are nice like <laughs> my parents are normal like i can't do anything about that and literally like people would like do that and like it's just crazy to like think about that like it's just like wow like your parents were considered like you were considered to be like inferior because your parents weren't as strict like it's ridiculous what? what like think about the fucked up like logic that that is you know what i mean mm-hmm. it's just insane and it's like on top of all of that it's like you know you're still like as as even if you have like chill parents you still have to deal with the bullshit of school like this isn't stuff that goes away you know like it's not like like yes having a good home environment definitely does benefit your experience i would say and this goes back to my point of like answering the question I gave you, which was, would you raise your kids in the Bay Area? And my answer is absolutely. And I'd say I wouldn't necessarily want to make my kids go to Lindbrook or Monta Vista or Saratoga. I think I would have to think maybe twice or thrice about it, but maybe I would take the hit and send my kids to a quote unquote inferior public school because that's they get looked like that like remember like kids in high school were like dude prospect is so sketch like people thought it was gangland i was like are you guys stupid like literally five minutes away from prospect is not only five minutes away it's still in west san jose like i'm sure there's sketch characters because there's sketch characters at every high school rich poor medium sketch characters it's not gangland. <laughs> very much not. Like, you go eat lunch by Prospect High School every day, but y'all are like, oh, it's gangland, dude. <laughs> like, what the... F- and you know what's so weird about that, dude? Is Lindbrook is two minutes away from Prospect, and it's considered... Oh, yeah, dude, Lindbrook's hella good. <laughs> like, what? So dumb. What is the logic? I, st- I just don't get it. And like, this is like, it's just like the bubble mentality again, where it's like, oh, Lindbrook's here. I'm like, prospect's here. But like, yes, like I would take the hit and send my kids to a prospect or send my kids maybe to like a Del Mar or something like that, where maybe it's not the best public high school, right? I say that all air quotes because I think public high schools and high schools in general aren't ranked fairly but that's my opinion i wouldn't send them to like the quote-unquote good high school maybe it's a little worse but like if their like mental health is better off and if like they are you know making friends and they're living their lives and they're still doing well like why exactly why not and i think like here's another thing um it was so weird I mean, like, this is another thing I think about, and this is very particular to Saratoga. So we'll do this, and then I have one more topic, and we'll finish it. Saratoga versus Los Gatos. Can we talk about this for a second? Like, Saratoga, like, this has always fascinated me. I was like, it's so, for those of you who don't know, Saratoga and Los Gatos are, like, rival towns. So they're, like, right next to one another. Oh, yeah. And it's, like... In, the, in Gatsby, it's like, you know, when they're talking about, I forget, like, where it is in New York. It's like Long Island, but they're like East Egg and West Egg. And that's literally what Saratoga and Los Gatos are. It's East Egg and West Egg. And 
were considered to be quote unquote West egg. Right. I think, or I may have gotten the fucking thing yeah. wrong, but sorry, Miss Richie, but it's, like, <laughs> I think we're West egg, right. Cause West egg is like new school yeah, West money, is like newer. new school money. Right. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing is like, we're, most of us are quote unquote new school or our parents are new school money. You know, they're people that came to this country in the eighties and the nineties. They're, they're not like, they don't have political power here. Like, mm-hmm. fuck, they just like, they just got here. Like, <laughs> you know, like that, you know, so they're like trying to make their way. And it's like, we feel like we're West egg and Los Gatos over there is like East egg where it's like these, these are white families and a lot of Los Gatos families. I'm not saying it's everybody. They've been there a while. They've been in LG for a while and they got power. They got power in these communities, dude. And they got, they're like old school wealth. Like it's like, we have money, but like on top of money, we also got power. And it's like, that's, and it's like, besides all that, I mean, it's just, I find it interesting the way that we look at Los Gatos. We look at Los Gatos, like it's some fucking party high school. Mm -hmm. Like they don't do anything, which like to an extent, like, yeah, there's a weird culture at Los Gatos. I will, I will be the first person to admit that. And I think there's yeah. a lot of people that do admit that. But it's weird the way we look at it. And it's like, how can two high schools be what? Less than five minutes, 10 minutes away drive from each other. And one be 80% white and the other one be 65% Asian. Does that make mm-hmm. any sense to you? It's crazy. It's like- it Baffles me. It's baffling. I'm just like, what? Like we all live in the same area. And like LG, bro, is like, it, it's not academically competitive at all. Nope. Like, not at all. I mean, it's, and like, my, my dad was like, like, when I told my dad that, I was like, oh, you're just saying that. I'm like, no, like, I legitimately mean, like, it is, not, like, it's, it's not hard. Like, I keep, like, and everyone at Saratoga jokes are like, dude, if I was at LG, I'd be, a, I'd be fucking valedictorian. I'm like, and I'm like, no, you wouldn't have asked, but okay. But, <laughs> but like, I'm being serious. Like, it's it's so weird to think about that. Like, how like the South Bay is very like close together. Like, the farthest point in the South Bay, I think, from us is probably like Milpitas, maybe, and yeah. that's a 20 minute drive, no traffic, you know. And like Palo Alto is the other end of the South Bay, and that's probably like a 20 minute drive. So it's like crazy to think that like places are like 15, 20 minutes and then like 20 minutes to East side San Jose. And it's completely a different world out there. Mm. And it's just like, there's these little microclimates everywhere, like all around the Bay area where it's like, even in East Bay, I mean, East Bay is a little bigger game, you know, given yeah. it's like an hour from Fremont to Oakland, which is like one side to the other, but it's like, there's these little micro bubbles everywhere. And it's like in, throughout the South Bay. And it's like, everything is so close together though. Like you can get from point A to point B within 20 minutes. And it's like, how am I in a different world? The like, culture shifts so drastically. It's drastic, bro. I mean, like, it's crazy. Like from like Cupertino, Westside San Jose, like even like, yeah, from Cupertino, Westside San Jose, like this all, that whole area is the same. You just drive 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes to parts of like North San Jose. It's very different. You drive to 15, 20 minutes to parts of East side. It's completely different. Like it's a whole separate world. And it's, it's so like, it's, it's so like crazy to think about that like we were caught up in grades when like 15 or 20 minutes away from us there are literally families that are in actual gangland not prospect high school (laughs) idiots and like 
are trying to survive. Like, mm-hmm. that's just mind-blowing to me. The I'm just like... Problems how... that we have to think about versus, like, 15 minutes down the road. Yeah. Our priorities and everything. crazy? It's crazy. Like, we were, like, in high school, like, as juniors in high school, we were thinking about, like, oh, dude, like, we, we need to get an AP calc, AP test. Or else, like, my fuck. life is over. Whatever. My life is over, dude. Like, oh, my God. And that's, like, not, like, trying to be offensive to, like, people who, like, actually do struggle with mental health at these academic high schools because I think all of us have to an extent. Yeah. But – it's like, it's a whole different, it's like life problems almost at like these other places where it's like legitimately, it's like, I need to graduate high school. Like if I graduate high school, that's an achievement. Mm-hmm. Like from, like if you graduate high school from Eastside, like that's an achievement. Like, I think the dropout rate's really high there. Yeah. And that's like, it's crazy to think about like just being so close, how problems just shift. And it's like, that's incredible to me. I think that's, that's just so fascinating. And like, people don't look at that enough. It's like, we just need to like ex- sit back and examine our privilege sometimes and be like, shit, like maybe. And I don't know, like, what do you think the solution is to like bring that to high school students? Oh man, there's no like one good answer to that. Cause there's so many different issues that require so many different things, but or like, like it's just about changing the overall environment, which is again a really hard thing to do. Right. I mean, it was like that thing we talked about our senior year, where it was like mandatory busing, right? Where um, obviously, like that was more race racial, but like our history, te- our gov teacher kind of related it back to like us in high school, where he was like, hypothetically, y'all are just attending Saratoga High School, top public school in the country, you know, great facilities relatively speaking, even though our high school does look like a prison. It was designed by the guy who Literally. made Alcatraz. I'm not Literally. joking. Look it up. Um, and even though like that's the case, like think about like one day you're just walking with your friends and a guy like from the government drags you on a bus and is like, oh, congratulations. You attend, what was it? He gave us like Mount Pleasant or something. He was like, mm-hmm. you, you go to Mount Pleasant High School now. And it's like, like, okay. And then it's a whole different fucking ball game out there you know like it's and it's 15 minutes away and it's like it's mandatory bus and that's why rich people were kind of or richer more well-to-do people were kind of opposed to policy it was like it's a great way of explaining it but um i just like thought about that it's like that whole idea of like you know just like getting dragged from like one area and just like bam you're in a whole new reality and it's fucking insane but that's that um I have one more, and this is going to be like a little fun, positive way to end mm-hmm. it. Um, what's name the top two craziest things that you have ever seen at a competitive high school or, at, or like at our high school, or like it can be like your friends at other high schools, but what are like the top two craziest things? Mm-hmm. Let's see. One of them, I'd say honestly came from like me and some other people, but one of them, because for some of our classes, you like, for like a final test, you got like an index card. You could like put a few like notes or whatever for like to use on the final or right. whatever. So he's talking about finals, like, you know, like a bio final or whatever. Yeah. So that you could get like one index card. You could like write down some notes or whatever that like key piece of information you want to know for it. Right. The lengths some people went to, to write in like <laughs> 0.01 font on this to literally write Dude, down like an entire textbook on an eight and a half. Did I tell you about card. the kid that came in and just brought in a magnifying glass to one of those finals? It was like one of those literally. big ass Ikea magnifying glasses for like 15 bucks. And he brought it in. He was using it during the test. 
I'm like, dude, you literally are so stupid. Like the amount of time they probably spent on that as opposed to actually studying for the test. It's insane. Oh my god. What was another crazy one? Oh god, I'm trying to think of more. It's been a while. Dude, do you have like, any? I have one that's uh-huh. crazy. Um, so this was was this at our high school? There, I heard about it at our high school, but it was also at it was mostly at Monta Vista that I've heard about this. But it was at our high school as well. There was a kid our senior year. Um, I'm not going to name names. There's a lot of Saratoga people that listen to this, so yep. sorry. But <laughs> Thomas, you definitely know who this is. Um, this person made a spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet, an Excel spreadsheet of every student in our senior class. And he some or that person somehow found out all the schools that those individuals were applying to mm-hmm. put them on the spreadsheet, put their estimated GPA on a spreadsheet, estimated extracurriculars on a spreadsheet and family life circumstances all on one spreadsheet and mathematically came up with the way to quantify their chance of getting into specific top 25 research universities. I'm like, you fucking idiot. You could spend that same exact time you made that stupid spreadsheet so you could compete against your classmates. Instead, you could just write your essays (laughs) and be done with it. But you made a spreadsheet. You made a spreadsheet about our whole high school, or like part of our high school. I don't know if it was part or whole, but part or whole of our high school. And the similar thing happened at Monta Vista where the guy made a spreadsheet of like his friends or like, and his friends and like other people that he knew were like his biggest rivals and competitors and like quantified a score to like see if he could, you know, beat them and like get into specific colleges over them. I'm like, dude. That's so ridiculous. And it goes back to the, like the whole thing we were talking about earlier, where these students try and find a leg up on their teachers or leg up against other students or whatever. Yeah. On the kids. Instead of actually studying the material and just doing the best you can. They try and get extra advantage on top of that. Why do you care? Like, Mm -hmm. why do you care about fucking Alexis and where she's going to go to school? Like, for all you know, fucking Alexis may get into Harvard and your ass may get into fucking nowhere. (laughs) And that's what I realized during the whole process. College admissions is the biggest fucking dartboard throw at the bullseye type thing. If you just, you're literally blindfolded and you're throwing darts at a dartboard. That's what college is like. That's what the college admission process is like. College admissions officers could be having a really good day and they could just let you in and it could just be like that. It's completely just blind it's blind it's just a blind man's game and that's why like honestly i would just recommend even to the shittiest students if you write a damn good essay or you just are a cool person and you go into an interview for one of these top like these top universities go give it a shot because you never know really like i i've heard crazy stories of not the smartest kids or quote-unquote smartest kids but Street smart kids. Oh yeah, getting into great schools. Mm-hmm. And have no nepotism involved. No nepotism involved. Yeah, exactly. Right. You, oh, there's so much focus on grades, but they 
neglect to think about life experiences, extracurriculars, and yeah. just being overall, again, socially acceptable and I diverse mean, in that sense. I, I heard a story. I don't know if this is true. I think this was somewhere about this kid wrote about his LSD trip or like uh, his LSD or shrooms trip, like his junior year of high school. And he basically like detailed this whole existential experience of like this, like the way that he saw his life. And he wrote that on a college essay and he got into like U Chicago or some shit. And it was crazy. And I'm like, oh, yeah. there you go. Like, so even if you're not the smartest kid and you got a damn good story to tell, go tell it. Like it'll be, I guarantee you something. I'll just eat it. that shit up. Yeah. And Nick, that kid wrote about an LSD trip and it worked, you know, like it worked. That's very Saratoga of me to say, but, <laughs> you know, but like, yeah, like you could just try it, just try different things. And like, I mean, what's this? I mean, I, you said two, so you have to give your second now, but yeah, go for it. Give your second. Oh man. There's so many I have to think about. Just give one. It doesn't have to be like quantified as a rank yeah. or anything. Um, one part that like kind of stands out in terms of like kind of raising awareness towards this entire issue is senior year that like, what was it? What they call it? like mask off or something. Mask off? The whole like, like senior year, we had this like one week thing where, you know, the guy came into the room and we spent like an entire day in our groups. and we Oh, breaking down the walls. Breaking, breaking down, the, down walls. the walls. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But basically, this whole event was geared towards, quote, breaking down the walls and, like, taking off the, like, metaphysical masks that people bring into the high school. But wear your face mask, though. Oh, yeah, wear the face mask, but not the (laughs) metaphorical ones. Yeah. And, like, you could see all these people because it crafted a comfortable environment where people were, like, free to share their, like, true feelings and stress towards this entire environment. And the amount of people who, like, you think they're like super cool, super chill, super great, not having a problem with high school at all. These guys go through some shit that they all cover up. Right. Like they don't, they try not to bring it. And they also try to put on a physical mask of just like, I'm like the smart kid who has like no issues on the perfect child or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's completely not true. There's so many people, myself included, who like has lied to people about what I got on this test or whatever just to seem smarter bro i lied just to I try lied and fit in so to this many environment. times oh yeah no yeah and that's i mean that's another thing we didn't get into it's just like or that we can just real quick it's just like lying about grades i did it all oh, the yeah. time like yeah and i like recommend it to kids who are like still in school even now just lie about your grades lie yeah. so you have a's it makes it like, so much easier <laughs> yeah honestly people will get off your back and then people will also think you're a lot smarter than you actually are not kidding <laughs> but no um but no it's it's like it's good um i i've personally lied about my grades many times i oh, yeah. said i've gotten 98s when i've gotten 58s uh i've said i've gotten hundreds when i've gotten 50s like and guys like i i will say this from the bottom of my heart it is okay to get an f like oh, yeah. I've gotten probably about 25, 30 Fs throughout my high school career. Mm. And for those of you who got your first F, because I know that there's a lot of people who've gotten Fs. Oh, yeah. They just don't admit it. Mm -hmm. And they've gotten an F. Just know that there are a lot of people out there. I got 20 on Mm -hmm. assessments. Don't worry. I got a good amount of Fs. And I turned out okay. Well, at least I'm trying to turn out okay. <laughs> you um, turned out great. Have you gotten an F? Did you get an F in high school? 
I don't think I ever. I got like a lot of like D's and C's. Wow, look, Thomas is so smart, dude. Wow. So no F's. Obviously, I have lied about that. It's like, oh yeah, I'm only a B <laughs> up student. Oh yeah, of course. Dude, <laughs> I still remember the fucking day when um it was our algebra two class <laughs> and it was our chapter 11 i still remember it was like oh, chapter yeah. 10 or chapter 11 like test it was the hardest fucking thing i've ever taken in my mm-hmm. life and i literally like halfway through the test i used to have like bad anxiety during middles of tests and stuff like that especially at like our high school just it was just like so intense for me because everyone was so mm-hmm. quiet and the only thing you would hear was like the one kid in the back having a cold but that's besides the point. <laughs> but um but like yeah it was just Ted's and like I would always look at the clock and it'd be like and I'm like oh shit oh shit I gotta add on to the fact that this teacher was like the head of the math program and this guy was the head of the math department he was he's the hardest teacher on campus probably one of if not the and this test was hard as shit and I remember halfway through I looked at the test and I was like fuck it i just laughed i started laughing i was like and i started laughing in the middle of the test he looks up at me and he's like what are you doing i'm like i'm just laughing i'm sitting there laughing i'm just like this is so hard but yet this means so little in the grand scheme of things in the long run i just had this epiphany it was an epiphany but it went back i went back to my bubble mindset afterwards which i regret (laughs) but it was like this epiphany like why the fuck does this matter and i literally handed in that test half blank if not three-fourths blank and he was so surprised he's like you're done already he like looks at me and i'm like i'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick and i just went outside and i was smiling i was so happy it was like one of those beautiful bay area like like spring days it was like the sun was out the crows were chirping like i was Mm -hmm. walking around campus and i was like ah and then you know just getting that realization of like you don't have to be chained down to these grades you can you're almost freed for that brief period of time it's just like but second craziest story that i've ever heard was did spreadsheet i did morse code um i think you know what the second craziest thing that i probably heard was this was our freshman year of high school and there were a couple of people uh for this particular so this was a driver's ed class okay driver's ed i think i know which one you're talking about driver's education okay this class means in a grand scheme of things if you get a b in health no one will give a fuck okay it's not gonna affect your gpa whatever and these kids it was like the last driver's ed test and keep in mind like a lot of these kids were failing these driver's ed tests because like a lot of it was just common sense and like they were just overthinking the shit out of yep. these tests and they weren't like, hard yeah, they weren't that hard they really if you just read the little the hard. tiny little handbook she gave you like you're fine it really wasn't that hard they just didn't want to read the handbook i don't know why but they there was a rumor i don't know if it's true don't count me if it's not true there is a rumor that several children during the course of one night after debate practice because of course this is fucking you know our competitive high school they had extracurricular activities so after that they tried to sneak into her room and steal the test off the table yep and apparently they were i don't know how they got in or any of that but apparently they were successful and they got access to the test they got a hundred percent but the teacher got sussed out because they literally failed the last three and <laughs> There was this big manhunt mm-hmm. <laughs> for these individuals. <laughs> Somehow, someone, somewhere got stole access to these like, tests. The, exactly. And sure enough, 
those individuals were found. <laughs> yep. And they were punished. But on top of that, there was a bunch of, uh, um, but on top of like that crazy story, there's just plagiarism happened on the daily. Um, mm. Fucking test cheating happened a lot. Yeah. There was, and our years were often defined by cheating scandals. Like those would be the biggest gossips. There was a big AP Euro cheating scandal. I remember that our junior year. There was a big our senior year. There was a big AP physics one right before we were, do you remember that? Yeah. And he was like holding things captive. Literally. Like it was like a big thing. Uh, we had an apes. We had at least three apes cheating scandals. There's always an apes one. Yeah. Let's be real. <laughs> There's always, a, there was an apes one our senior year. That was like one of the worst ones though. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they sent like a school wide email about that. It was a well. school wide email. And there was also like, it was like upwards of like 50 students that they found that were involved there was yep. a big, big, I have a theory. I have, I have this theory. I'll talk to you about it off air where there's a huge cheating ring going on in mm-hmm. our particular grade. Um, and it, I think it got busted with that AIDS test and it was funny. Damn. It was our second semester of senior year. Um, and they all got busted, but that's besides the point. But anyway, if you want more stories, like this video. No, okay. Uh, if you <laughs> want more stories, uh, I would be happy to share them go ahead and email me at essentialquestionpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to hear more about the crazy stories I have, you can go ahead and tweet at me. EssentialQ1 is the handle. And my Instagram, essentialquestionpodcast. Feel free to follow me there and feel free to follow me on Twitter as well for updates on the podcast. Also, my YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Because hit that like button. Hit that like button. Or as Graham Stefan likes to say, smash that like button for the YouTube oh, yeah. algorithm. Because the YouTube algorithm can get us to a bigger community. And so it makes me happy and it makes you guys happy. And it's a positive feedback cycle, unlike the negative shit we were talking about today. There we go. But yes, please. I hope you guys enjoyed this video. I, not this video, but I sound like a father. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed Thomas. Thomas, thank you so much for coming on, bro. Thank you for I, having me on. It's been a I real pleasure. I appreciate it, man. I hope the quarantine goes well. I hope uh, you all are staying safe. Next week, uh, there's going to be no episode because it's Thanksgiving, Turkey Day. Yay. So go spend time with your families. Don't wait on me for the four people that actually listen <laughs> to this. Um, but yeah, go have fun this week. Don't stress about college. And for those of you who are still in high school who are listening to this, please just take a breather. Like it's take gonna a mental be, break. It's gonna be okay. You're gonna graduate. You're gonna be fine. And most likely, you'll probably end up in a very high-paying white-collar job, even if you do go to community college. Oh yeah. But that's it for us. So thank you so much for joining. Hope you all have a good one. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Essential Question Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this discussion about competitive high schools and what it's like attending one of those competitive high schools. I thought that this episode kind of gave me more of a perspective on the context of the issue and honestly gave me a perspective on how fortunate we are to even be, you know, complaining and talking about this predicament. Um, I hope that you guys again enjoyed this episode if you did feel free to follow me on spotify or like the video on youtube if you're watching on youtube um and subscribe to my youtube channel please it helps me greatly i hope that um 
you guys and it helps me know that you guys are enjoying the content so please hit me with the subscribe and i will definitely be posting more videos on youtube during this thanksgiving holiday break of some highlights of the podcast and as you heard earlier there's going to be no podcast this next upcoming week but we'll be back at it the week after so i hope that you guys stay tuned if you guys are interested in updates or just interesting content in general, feel free to check out my social media. My Instagram, The Essential Question Podcast, is really a place where I post a majority of my updates as well as Twitter, which I'm trying to use more, but I'm getting used to it, so bear with me. My Twitter handle is The Essential QU1. So if you could go ahead and follow that or go ahead and follow my Instagram at The Essential Question, that's going to be fantastic and it'll just increase our community which makes life way better doesn't it um and if you have any feedback or find questions that are interesting or you want to be on the podcast yourself feel free to email me at essentialquestionpodcast at gmail.com again essentialquestionpodcast at gmail.com with any questions feedback and ideas about what i should do or what i can do with the podcast i would love to hear from you guys or dm me on social media or twitter or just instagram or twitter as well but yes i hope you guys really enjoyed this episode as much as i did and i hope that you got some perspective into what it was like to go to high school in parts of the bay area thank you so much I hope you have a great rest of your day, afternoon, or night, and I hope you have a fantastic holiday with your family. Thank you.